Welcome, travelers. I'm Lee Wanika. And I'm Josh. This is Tabletop Journeys, where we will be your humble guides along the journey to RPG adventures. just take the last 10 years because at some point we're going to do a side quest and do 2000 to 2010 but just since 2010 what are some of the other television shows genre or otherwise that you find are truly inspiring for what you do uh at the game table or what you're doing currently so i actually had a lot of fun looking at this i know you posed this topic to me uh just earlier today and so I went to my trusty web search and I said, you know what? Give me all of the sci-fi shows that came out uh, in the last in the last ten years. Not a lot of fantasy shows. Um, there, there, I mean, there there are some, but I said, give me all the sci-fi shows in the last ten years because I think more than anything else, the sci-fi genre I find that I'm I'm drawn to from a from a kind of a TV point of view because um, you can find plot lines in in any kind of show. And I was honestly surprised at some of the shows that are ten years or less years years old. In my memory, they're just from a lot longer ago, you know. And the first one that came up, and the one that probably impacted uh, me the most in terms of its its ability to command my eyes to watch it every single week, was Falling Skies. Falling Skies mm. was the alien invasion show where we start in the middle of a war where most of humanity has been wiped out by an unseen enemy. Look, I think that that show fell off the rails a little bit towards the end. Around season four, season five, it started to get a little wacky. Basically, from the point that they started having more human interactions with the, with the bad guy aliens, I think that it became a little bit less. But talk about a show that hit on all of the terror buttons that it could, from children being stolen and being co-opted by these aliens to become something else. And then the realization a season and a half in that these bad guys, the skitters, they're called the skitters. Um, the realization that the skitters that they've been fighting were their own children transformed into these things, positively chilling and awful. Oh yeah. I found, I love that show. Like I, I watched it uh, religiously for a while. Uh, like you at a certain point, it kind of fell off the rails a bit for me. For me, probably a little bit more so, like to the point where I, di- I didn't actually finish the show. But I love the actors, and I took a lot of things from that. Like, uh, what I loved about it was the fact that it was a National Guard unit that it initially focused on. I had spent a number of years in the National Guard, so the thought that if things went really bad, where are you going to go? Who are you going to count on? Who's going to do their absolute level best? It's going to be these citizen warriors uh, that are going to try to carry the torch and help people. I took a great deal of pride in that fact. And I love the concept of Noah Wiley's character, this father, uh, trying to keep his family together and yet still hold true to his oath and his job within this military organization. And then having to navigate the, you know, hey, look, rules are off really here. Um, you're asking me to do some crazy crap that's going to get my kids killed. And this is where I'm going to say, uh, heck no. 
I'm going to do right by the job, but I'm going to do right by the job on my own term. I, I really got into that aspect. And I guess for me, uh, that and the whole, I love the resource management. How do we gather people? How do we find yeah. a safe place to go? How do we have some kind of life um, trying to get doctors, teach people to be doctors, medicine? I love that element of it. It went off the rails when it kind of got away from that stuff. Yep. It got more into how do we end the war? That's where I kind of, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, another show that kind of went off the rails, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to squeak this one under the wire because it ran until February of 2010, um, and that's probably one of the greatest uh, sci-fi or supernatural stories of the last 20 years, and that's Heroes, um, which was great until they started getting into the time travel aspect. I mean, that, that carnival season was flat out awful. The first three series of Heroes was amazing. Now, granted, that's before 2010, but like I said, its last episode aired in February of 2010, so I'm squeaking that one under the wire. So I watched Heroes. I think the first season was one of the greatest single seasons of television I've watched. Absolutely. Absolutely enjoyed it. Loved every single actor in it. Yep. Everyone. Yep. Loved season two. Yep. And I have not seen it since. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So whenever it's anybody bad, talks yeah. about how bad that show got, I'm always like, "What are you talking about?" Where I left off, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it's like Heroes, Heroes season five, Game of Thrones season eight. Uh, they're they're yeah. Uh, and I mean, and we can't not talk about Game of Thrones. I'm not sure how much of how Game of Thrones you saw, but um, all of it. Okay. Good. I mean, I'm within five feet of uh, one of my uh, <laughs> one of my seasons now. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So. So let's talk about how Game of Thrones really inspires my game. I love a low magic world. Yep. And what I found the most important thing Game of Thrones did, when I say low magic, I would say there's a lot of high magic within it, but I don't necessarily easily or quickly put that in the hands of my party. My parties are now, as I said previously, or I've said in previous episodes, they're higher to second tier. They're now starting to get the magical items. They have player characters who are magic, but they are unusual within the world, right? I find that that has never been so better celebrated and or understood until Game of Thrones was on television. Game of Thrones is about the Song of Ice and Fire been out for a very long time. I have many friends who had actually read it long before the first episode dropped. But when it became pop culture and when gamers being watching it and thought it'd be cool to play a character who could be like X or like Y or whatever. The fact that my game world didn't have a magic shop in every, in, in, on every corner was not as unusual. So basically it gave me the license to keep doing what I was doing anyway. I think yeah. I mentioned it before. I love when something canonizes or makes valid something I've already been doing. Um, that's also really important about Game of Thrones, about the Game of Thrones world, is that it's a technology-locked world, right? Technology does not significantly advance in, any, in either forward or backwards throughout the entire span of that world. There are very, very few technological advances. They just, the world is what the world is, and everyone is sort of dealing with... Now, with the exception of dragons, but again, that's, that's not a technology advance. That's a supernatural advance, right? right. Um, but... For the most part, the technology of the world is the technology of the world, period. And what I also liked about it is it let people know that it, would be, it can be cool to have political drama. The concept of kings and queens 
or lords and and, and ladies like I no longer need to over explain the way a feudal system works. Yep. The concept of bannermen, the concept of you're now a lesser noble because you did this and you're a friend of so-and-so, but he has the ability to call you up is now part of gaming culture. It's now better understood by more people. If I today, whether I'm playing an actual Game of Thrones game or in my own game world or some other game world, said, hey, this is a relatively low magic system. You're all playing lesser nobles and bannermen who are bringing your forces together for to fight some common foe. Everybody's going to get that. I can put that as my list, and everybody's going to get that. Years ago, TSR put out a game called Birthright, and that was a tough sell. A great game, but it was a difficult sell. Yeah, it was tough. As a person who tried hard to run that game, it was very difficult. Like, I struggled to get more than one or two players to ever play that game. And there, I love every element of it. And it goes down as the greatest, one of the greatest games I read, prepared, and planned to run that I never could. Yep. There's a computer game now called Crusader Kings um, that is basically exactly that. You, you start as low-level noble and you try to become a king of whatever. Or basically, it's like, can you survive as a low-level noble in this world by, by scheming against your neighbors and forming alliances and everything like that? It has a mod that makes it the Game of Thrones world. And that game, probably one of the greatest games I've ever played. Nice. So one of the shows that I have found very inspiring, and again, it's on that political kick and the way politics uh, interacts with actions and activities of a party is The Expanse. Uh, Like you said, Josh, it's a sci-fi type of show. Definitely something I really am into. But what I love is the fact that the actions of this small group and party in the world create these uh, moments where people are dealing with and the results of what the party does. So the party takes an action, and that action is the catalyst for a war. The war happens, and the party's not involved in the war, but the party is the lightning rod for all these world effects. And the world effects is pulled from the expanses. How does this small group, five to six people, impact the world? And how does now the world as a whole, in the case of the expanse, um, the whole solar system. But how does that? How does the world know what this party is doing? It really comes into real a stark reality where you have the crew of the Rosinante. I, I might have botched that. My apologies. Um, you have the you have you have the crew of this group of five or six doing these crazy things. They spark off a war. The whole solar system knows them knows that they are involved in this happening and now you've got all these political intrigues so they are navigating in this political world but they still get to be a party that goes out and does an adventure fights a bad guy blows up an enemy resource or uh, gets intel on an enemy resource saves some guy's daughter or is unsuccessful in saving some guy's daughter whatever the case may be. And I love that element of the expanse. And I definitely use that in the game I play as to how the party can impact the world as a whole. Yeah. I mean, so that's one of those shows that you have talked about a lot. And while we are very much of the same 
uh, we we like a lot of the same shows. Neither of us can watch everything, right? And so The Expanse is not a show that I've ever I've ever gotten into, but I've heard you talk about it so many times that it's very quickly moving up that list of things that I need to get into. Oh yeah, two. I think we got time before we got to call it. I think we got time for two quick hits. Uh, one other show from you. One other show from me in the last ten. Uh, so if I'm going to go ahead and throw out one more show that I think inspires a lot of uh, of my gameplay, uh, I'm going to go with Westworld because again, it is a show that is both the original from the '70s um, and the new one that's on now. It is a show that really defines how do I deal with a world where the deck is stacked against me in some regards, but I have some way that I can, I can peer through the veil, you know, so, you know, and you can see that from either side, either from the humans inside the park that are dealing with, uh, with the hosts that are either um, online or offline, you know, in terms of whether or not they're still playing the game or not. You can also view it from the host point of view too. Like how do I break out of the reality that I'm in? I, I like that. Westworld, while you and I haven't talked about it a lot, it is one that I have been interested in. It is on the list. That's so good. Although it hasn't gotten to the top of the list because, yep. well, television is, we're in a golden age for television. They keep, they, and that show, that term gets tossed out a lot, but yep. there's a lot of really good television. Like every time there's like, I'm about to get to this great show that I want to watch, uh, I, I go to it. I was going to mention the 100 at one point, but the reality mm. is, I really only like the first season, and I'll explain. I thought the concept of that was amazing, and I previously mentioned when we talked about another show that I love the whole resource. Like, what do you do when you don't have your resources? Like, how do you survive, right? And I thought when I started watching the 100, that was the concept of the show. That's what I signed on for when I started watching it. I signed on for a bunch of adults in a in a spaceship trying to figure out how their, how their kids are doing and trying to help them from afar. And I wanted that for a while. And I get it. You can't keep that going forever, right? I just felt that one season of that struggle wasn't enough. I needed that season to be stretched out to two seasons, maybe even three before Skyfall and then all the other things mm-hmm. that happened. And because it happened so quickly, I really just stopped watching. My kids love the show. Right, they watch it. They they they're all about it. And me, I keep thinking uh, whenever I watch it, I think about what could have been the stories that could have been told, the stories that should have been told. And I love a, a lot of the actors in the show. I think are amazing. And I watched them in other shows. I just felt that that kind of really let me down. So that was the one I was going to mention, but I really wanted to talk about Orphan Black as being my sci-fi show from the last ten years that would bring. And what's interesting is. It doesn't have a lot of direct impact to the games I run because I'm, I'm not doing anything like I'm not doing a modern tale, though if I would, that would be a fantastic world to do a modern role-playing game in. I think that yeah. would be very cool. They have great factions set up. They have very clear ideas of what could and couldn't work. But what I really liked about that show, what I really thought is awesome and what I my takeaway was playing characters. The lead actress, Katiana Masolani, is friggin' amazing. One of the best actors doing her thing. Her ability to play all of these multiple roles is amazing to me. Am I an actor? No. Can I be that good of an actor? Probably not. But what I can do is play characters so differently and really uniquely that 
just at the sound of the voice I use or the mannerism that I display on a Zoom chat uh, with my players, they can tell, oh, I'm that's that gnome again. There are mannerisms that I can do that my players see me do on screen that they now know exactly who that NPC is or who that, that enemy is. And some of those techniques I, I've picked up from watching that show, um, where even if the lead actor is playing one of her characters, pretending to be a different one of her characters, she is actually good enough to have the original character show through so you know it's that one all along, even though she's pretending to be a different one. And that's pretty impressive. We really are in the golden age of television. I mean, I could, we could go on and on about stuff that's, uh, that, that's even on right now and without even going into the last 10 years. But yeah, that, that's, uh, you know, and there, there's, so much, there's so much good TV, not only in, like, just in general, but also in, in the sci-fi, in particular in the sci-fi and the fantasy spaces. So, so with that, I think we're going to call this side quest to a brief road. We're going to stop at a tavern. We're going to raise a glass or two. Uh, maybe have some of the local fare, and we'll uh, meet back with our fellow travelers uh, on Saturday when our next episode comes out. Absolutely. So, um, before I go, I, I do want to say, by all means, comment to us. Let us know what you want, what you're looking for. Tell us what's the next decade of, uh, of TV you want us to talk about. Side quests are things that kind of happen on a whim based on what we're doing, but if there's a lot of uh, need and desire for, for more, for more talk about TV or movies, uh, we're happy to, to jump in and have a quick one on a quick discussion about that as well. Absolutely. So make sure you go to the website, www.ttjourneys.com. There you can see all of these podcast episodes as well as all the blog posts that we post on there. You can go ahead and catch us on Twitter at TT Journeys. We'd love to go ahead and talk to you there. Or if you want to drop us an email, go ahead and drop that to us at ttjourneys at gmail.com. And we're always available on Facebook, and that is Tabletop Journeys. And please make sure that if you're listening to us on Stitcher or iTunes, we'd love for you to go ahead and like the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, also available on, on Google Podcasts. So That's right. Uh, come on. Come on. We'll take this walk together. Once again, thank you for joining us for this side quest. This has been Tabletop Journeys. And in the words of another traveler on our path, we bid you shade and sweet water.